like a lot of people, entrepreneurs, I kind of did a little bit of everything at first. And I eventually narrowed down on what I really love to do. And that is branding. Like I really feel that that is an important step for businesses to take. And I particularly love working with food and bev industry people um, because I love food and drink and it's just fun. Don't we um, yeah. So that's kind of the short version of how I got into that. But yeah, I've been an independent designer for, let's see, 16 years now. Welcome back, everyone. You know, when I ran restaurants, I was absolutely obsessed with marketing. I was a relentless marketer. And it wasn't about traditional advertising where, you know, restaurants spend tens of thousands of dollars on radio and print and TV and all these things that you cannot track uh, the return on investment. No, it was more about building a strategic brand from the inside out and turning my staff and my customers into brand evangelists for my business. That is a powerful formula. So I'm really excited. In this week's episode, I'm speaking with a restaurant branding expert, a strategic branding expert. Her name, Amanda Garacio from Studio Garacio. And we're gonna start with the very basics. We're gonna talk about positioning. We're gonna talk about all the elements that go into a powerful brand logo, fonts, colors, websites, everything. This is a topic that is so important to every restaurant operator because as you probably know, I recommend that operators run a business and build a powerful brand, not just run a restaurant. So let's listen on to this week's episode. You're tuned in to the Restaurant Rockstars Podcast. Powerful ideas to rock your restaurant. Here's your host, Roger Bodwin. Rockstars, let me tell you about Seven Shifts. Seven Shifts is a modern labor management platform designed for restaurateurs by restaurateurs. Effective labor management is more important than ever to maximize profit and success, especially now as restaurants begin to reopen and expand their teams. Trusted by over half a million restaurant professionals, Seven Shifts gives you the tools you need to simplify scheduling, easily manage time and attendance, communicate with your team, and retain your talent. Best of all, Seven Shifts integrates with the POS and payroll systems you already use and trust, turning your team into a competitive advantage to your business. Right now, Restaurant Rockstar's listeners can get three months absolutely free. Get started now at sevenshifts.com forward slash restaurant rockstars. That's the number seven, S-H-I-F-T-S dot com forward slash restaurant rockstars to get three months of industry leading labor management for free. Now on with the episode. Welcome back, everyone. This is the Restaurant Rockstars podcast, and these are engaging topics that help restaurants rock their profits, build their brands and deliver amazing guest service experiences through their brand. Really excited today, I have Ms. Amanda Garacio from Studio Garacio, and she is a brand expert, a brand builder, specializing in food and beverages, other businesses as well, but she spends a lot of time working in the hospitality space. Welcome to the show, Amanda, and thanks for being with us. Thank you for having me, Roger. Well, that's awesome. I'm really glad you're here. So marketing is something that very few restaurant operators do well, specifically. You know. I call this business one of a thousand details and you've got to be everywhere and you've got to have your hands in every piece of the business to really build that business to its maximum potential. But unless you studied marketing in college and you have a real passion for this stuff, it's just one of those details that are super important 
but perhaps restaurant operators are focused on just putting out really amazing food and drink and creating an interior experience through the ambiance. But the marketing is how people find us. It's how people relate to our business. It's how they form images in their minds. It's how we leave positive impressions and certainly get them to come back again and leave positive reviews. So, you know, we're going to cover all that ground in just a moment, but I always start with the backstory of my guest. And, you know, a lot of my guests have worked (laughs) you know, in the hospitality space for a long, long time, maybe they were a teenager and they worked at McDonald's or they dishwashed at a country club like I did, but we all got into this business in a different way. So why don't you tell us, you know, what's your backstory and then how did you come to be a branding expert and help restaurants with that? Yeah. So, um, I have been interested in art and design since, since I was little, really, like I started playing around in Photoshop and other computer programs in middle school. Um, so when it came time to go to college, um, graphic design seemed the obvious choice for me, kind of marrying my love of art and technology. Um, so that's what I went to school for. And that's what I've been working in ever since. Like a lot of people, entrepreneurs, I kind of did a little bit of everything at first. And I eventually narrowed down on what I really love to do. And that is branding. Like I really feel that that is an important step for businesses to take. And I particularly love working with food and bev industry people. Um, because I love food and drink and it's just fun. Don't we um, yeah. So that's kind of the short version of how I got into that. But yeah, I've been an independent designer for, let's see, 16 years now. So um, you got a lot of experience then. 16 yes. years experience. Awesome. That's terrific. And you do, of course, help clients. And we're going to get into all of about what you do and how you do it. You know, I, I went to business school in college undergraduate as well as an MBA, and I took mm-hmm. lots of marketing classes. And the very basics of marketing, I don't even know if they still teach this today, but way back you know, 30 years ago, whenever the heck it was, it, it was all about what they called the four Ps of marketing, and that, that would be product, price, place, and promotion. So obviously, the product is what we're selling. Mm-hmm. You know, The price is how much are we charging for this? I mean, all these are the basic elements of marketing. Place you know, is where you're going to place the advertising or the marketing so that people can find you. And then, of course, promotion. How are you going to promote that? Hopefully, building a brand. Because again, all these basics don't necessarily touch on brand building. But then it gets into more depth with something called positioning. Can you mm-hmm. explain to the audience what that means in the world of branding? What is positioning? You know, we've all heard of mission statements. We all know, you know, it might be written on the wall. This is our mission statement. This is what we believe in. And this is how we train our employees to deliver an experience and all that. But positioning is completely different. Tell us about yeah. what that means to you and so- what it should mean to the audience. The mission statement, like you said, is the kind of why you're here, like why the business exists. It's kind of internal. It's motivating for the employees and the people that work there. The positioning statement is more outward. So it's basically telling people why should they choose you? What makes you unique in your market, in your industry? Um, What are you doing differently or better? Or basically, how do you stand out from your competition? What are you offering that nobody else does? And who are you offering it to? Um, because that can be part of how you're different too. If you're targeting a specific market or a specific type of person, um, that can be how you do it too. For restaurants, um, you know, maybe you're targeting a specific income bracket. Maybe you're doing, I don't know, Italian food in a new way, mixing it with like Asian fusion or something. Um, sure, you know, right. what are you doing? That's different? different. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, the positioning statement really boils down to telling people why they should choose you. Okay. And it's also, 
the simplicity of it is what is the heart and soul of what your business is all about, isn't it? It's like we all started our businesses for a reason. I believe this mm-hmm. is a really passionate business. I mean, people get into this business for a variety of reasons, but I'm hoping, and I do hear from a lot of my clients and audience that it really is about passion. And I know COVID turned us everything upside Ugh, down, yeah. but now the passion is really, here's an opportunity to rediscover why you got in this business in the first place. Here's an opportunity to put your business forward in a whole new dimension and direction. If you survive this pandemic, and you're still going, kudos to you. It's been a tremendous challenge. (laughs) But now look at the optimism, the opportunity. Customers are coming back in droves because of the pent-up demand. And now's a chance to give ourselves a fresh start and and think about branding our business in a whole different way and setting Mm -hmm. ourselves. You said it best. How do you set yourself apart from the competition? And it really begins with what is the heart and soul? You sit down and do some soul searching. And what does your business mean to you? What is your business? What do you want your business to mean to your guests? You know, what yes. impressions do you want them to form? How do how do you want them to view your business? How do you want them to talk about your business, either on social media yes. or to friends and family? I mean, that's the essence of what you do, isn't it? Yeah, that is what I call the core brand of your business. Um, well, you said heart and soul core. It's all kind of that same thing. And yes, brand. that is exactly part of what I help my clients figure out. Because um, a lot of them just haven't taken the time to like sit down and really, you know, put it all on paper, get clear on all these different details. And it's such a useful tool for a business too. Um, because how can you communicate that to anybody if you're not clear on what it is yourself? You know, um, so that's always the first step, you know, figuring out, like you said, why did you start this business and not just a business, but this business specifically, why are you just starting this business? What do you hope to do with it? What are your dreams and plans for it? Like, what do you want to be to people? How do you want, you know, what kind of vibe do you want to get off? What do you want to be known for? How are you different? Like all of those things that you were talking Mm -hmm. about too. Um, Yeah. We sit down and we go through all of that and it's really a big brainstorming session, essentially. Um, and I take a lot of notes and write it all down. Um, yeah, awesome. But it's such a useful process. And you try to get into the heads of your clients as well and figure out who they are as people and mm-hmm. how that relates to the business. And then mm-hmm. it, it creates sort of what I call the roadmap to the end result. And yes. sure, a roadmap is this old school way of finding a direction, but there's an old expression, kind of an analogy. It's like, how do you know? you know, where you're going. If How do you know how to get to where you're going if you don't know where to start or whatever it was? You know where I'm going with that. You really need to get there. You need to know where you want to go, right? Yeah. You and can't that's... hit a target if you don't know what you're aiming for. <laughs> so, awesome. Uh, yeah. And I like you calling it a roadmap too, because I do believe it does genuinely act as a roadmap because once you get that core brand figured out, you can use that to guide all sorts of decisions in your business. Um, so if you know, you know what your values are, what qualities and personality you want your business to have, that plays a big role in you know your design decisions, like how how you show up visually for your brand. It plays a big role in marketing and messaging, like how you're talking to people, what you're saying. Um, you know, it's just it plays a role in so many things, and it's just you got to start with that core brand first. 
And I think you touched on a really important element of cohesive strategy and consistency in what you're doing. You can't confuse your customers, your guests by changing every so often, oh, you know, yeah. your look, your feel, your business, everything has to like be on brand, on strategy, be cohesive, be easy to understand and cross over everything you're doing so that a customer or a guest can look at this or look at that. And they instantly know what we're talking about. It's your business. So I think that's super important. Let's talk yeah. about, low, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Um, well, I was just going to say, yes, like cohesion builds recognition and recognition mm-hmm. builds trust and trust builds repeat loyal customers. So um, yeah, you want to make sure you're showing up the same everywhere and having a clear core brand and clear brand guidelines helps you do that. So you're not just, you know, throwing some random fonts and colors on a piece just to get it out the door because, you know, you have a daily menu that needs to change. You don't have a template and like, you're just throwing it together and every day is different and then nothing looks the same. Like you don't want to be in that place. We have a lot of restaurants in our audience that are single location independents, but we also have those that are growth oriented and they're creating multiple locations. Some of them are getting into franchising because they've Mm -hmm. created a core brand that has that mass appeal. And now they suddenly see it playing in multiple communities and even different states. And, you know, a lot of people are growth oriented and Therein lies the importance of the consistency of the look, but also the Mm -hmm. consistency of the experience you're providing. And all of that just sort of is wrapped up into one beautiful package and you help people achieve that. So yes, exactly. (laughs) Let's, let's talk about the, it probably starts with a logo, you know, it's like, okay, even if you're just starting a new business, it's like the logo is part of the definition of where you're going and what you want to do, you know? Mm -hmm. And it can be an illustration. It can be a photograph or a graphic representation of the exterior of your building. It could be maybe the concept, the cuisine you serve. It could be any of those things, but a logo is ultra important. What are you seeing for um, logo trends? And like, how would you recommend to a new client to, to create a logo? Like there's so much that goes into that element. Yeah, there is a lot. Um, And that is kind of one of the foundational pieces of your visual brand is the logo, because that's kind of everything encapsulated down into one image. Um, So I would say you want your logo to aim for more timelessness than trendiness. Um, Mm, Right. Classic. Yep. Something that's going to stand the test of time, you mean? Yes. Um, You don't want it to be too busy um, because it needs to show up a lot of different places. And so, you know, if you've got it, you know, eight inches big and this gorgeous detailed design, but, and it looks great. But then when you shrink it down to be like avatar size on social media or something like nobody's going to see that, it's just going to look like a a blob. Um, So you don't want it to be too busy. You do want to pay attention. And this is part of what I do too, but um, colors all have meanings and associations with them. Fonts all have personalities and, and vibes they give off. So once you figure out your core brand, you kind of take those qualities and stuff you want to evoke and use that as a filter for your design. So, you know, look at a font and say, okay, is this giving me the vibe that I want to? Is this saying, you know, high end or is this saying casual? Um, and kind of run it through that filter to see if it matches what you want your business to be. Um, I wouldn't even necessarily, if you're doing this yourself, if you're DIYing, I wouldn't even bother with like a symbol or an icon or anything, just a plain word mark in a good clean font. We'll see you through the first couple of years until you can hire a designer. And I do always recommend when you can to hire a professional designer because it is what they do. Clients have very specific ideas 
obviously, uh, of the motivations behind why they started that business and what the business means to them. Does that sometimes get jaded, meaning they're so close to something, they really have such a strong conviction about what the business means to them, but it doesn't always translate to the customer, the guest, and then you sort of have to steer them in that direction. I mean, we're really, again, therein lies the passion (laughs) again, right? We really- We are so into what we're doing and we're so passionate about it. We want to share that passion with the end user, the guest, right? But they don't necessarily have that same vision. And you need to convince them that what you're offering is unique, is special, is different. It's like, but there's a bridge between those two ideas and they're not always the same, right? Yeah, the they're not always the same. What the, what the client or what the restaurant owner, operator, manager thinks, it's like, how do you work with that? I mean, how do you tactfully say... I see where you're going with this, but it's a little confusing to the guest. I think it should be this. I mean, does that happen every once in a while? It does happen every once in a while. And my process has kind of been built to avoid that. (laughs) Um, So I never start the logo design process asking, okay, what do you want? Because then they'll just say, oh, I want, you know, a pizza icon with this font and put it together. And it's like, well, that's not really strategic or going to serve them this. So we always start again with the core brand. And so then once we have all that information, when I present a design concept, I say, okay, this one, you know, is saying this, this, and this about your business, which you said you wanted to just say, do you feel that it captures that? So it's less, it's less subjective. I kind of take their ego out of it. Um, So it's more like, is it, you know, accomplishing the objectives that we said we wanted to accomplish? Mm -hmm. So um, just tying everything back to the core brand really kind of eliminates that whole process. And the core brand is what they want it to be. That is built on their vision. So it is still capturing, you know, their passion and their vision, but we're being just more strategic about it instead of being tied to some specific visual they had in their head before doing all that. So this is, of course, a global digital world. And when we as consultants work with clients, they can be anywhere on the planet and we can Mm -hmm. help them. And I'm sure you do that. What would your process be like in order to meet a client face-to-face, get to know their business if you can't actually travel to the location, if they're not close by, you're not jumping on a plane every five minutes and going to you know Indonesia to like work with a (laughs) restaurant owner? But that I mean, would be amazing, but right? yeah, I have a toddler. I can't do that at the drop okay, of Okay, sure. So. I understand. So I'm trying to, um, I mean, you obviously want to build, help a client build a brand. Do you mm-hmm. request sort of like a video tour of their restaurant, the exterior, the interior, look at menus, look at the current colors? I mean, how, how are you oh, yeah. gathering yeah. all so this it, information? It depends on what stage they're at. So yeah. if, like I have a client right now, they're in the middle of build out. They don't even have like an open restaurant yet. So I've actually been consulting on like the mural design and the paint colors and stuff inside, right, which has right. been a lot of fun. So we didn't need to do that in that case. But um, if they're already an established business and they're looking to rebrand, then yeah, I take into account everything they already have out there, um, what their location looks like, you know, if they have the capacity to redo any of the interior, um, you know, their current branding, all that. And I kind of evaluate that based on what we discover in the core brand exploration and kind of measure, okay, they said they wanted their business to be this, this, and this is what they're currently doing measuring up. Um, Usually it's not, usually there's room for improvement. Um, And so in that case, I make recommendations on what needs to change um, the priorities 
all that kind of stuff. And then, uh, you know, if we, that's the audit phase. And then if they're hiring me for the design phase too, then I actually do that. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it can include video calls, video tours, um, photos, past design files for like menus or things. So yeah, whatever. I, I will take as much material as they give me to work with because I, I always prefer more information to too little. Are you thinking that, or not thinking, but when, when you're working with someone new or they're reaching out to you, do they generally already have sort of their colorways and Pantone, color that's palette. it, right? Yeah. Their, their color palette. Thank you. <laughs> Pantone colors. It's blue, it's black, it's orange, it's brown, whatever it is. I mean, have they gone that far or they're just randomly using certain colors and maybe they're still doing old school advertising with like magazines and newspapers and they're just saying, yeah, I'm orange and black, but I don't really have distinct tones of those colors. I mean, t- yeah, let's it's talk usually, about colors. How does that it's work? usually not formalized too much. Usually they have mm-hmm. like, you know, some colors that they use again and again, but it's maybe not the exact same shade every time or, you know, there lies font. the consistency, right? Yeah. Or, or their or font changes every month or so. Yeah. Cause they're like, Oh, it's the holidays. I should use a scripty font or something, you know, something sure. like that. Sure, sure, sure. Um, so yeah, that that's part of the foundational branding too. Usually when we're rebuilding from the ground up, it's the logo, the color palette, and the fonts. Those are the basic building blocks. I never building blocks. I never do just the logo. I always include those other two too because you can't really build anything else out if you don't have right. those details. Um, so color palettes, I usually say you know three to five colors is a good start. Um, you want to have a good mix of you know well depending on your business what the exact tones are, but you know, saturate colors and more muted colors, some bright colors and some neutral colors. So you want to have a good balance just for versatility. So you can have, you know, colors that work good as backgrounds and colors that work good as pop buttons and, uh, you know, things like that. So you just want to make sure that you have good versatility in it. Colors seem to be a little easier to determine than fonts because a really effective font is something that gives, that brings the image of that business to life in sort of an animated way, perhaps, right? And and a font can really enhance a brand in so many ways. And there are thousands of fonts out there. I mean, you obviously are a designer and you've studied fonts. I mean, it's part of your coursework. It's mm-hmm. You've worked with it for years and years and years, and you have such a working knowledge of all these different fonts. And you look at a business, you look at a client, and maybe it pops right in your head saying, it should be this. Whereas <laughs> sometimes, you know, yeah. <laughs> you know, I would think so. But a client, I mean, their font knowledge is probably limited to the fonts they're using on their computer. It's Helvetica, the drop it's down Arial, it's Courier, yeah. it's, you know, it's okay. <laughs> but it's so much more than that. It's a, it's an artistic, obviously, uh, a list of things. And, and you know, so the, the sky's the limit for fonts, probably. It is. And oh, there's this quote I really like. Um, I don't remember exactly, of course, now what it's worded. It was something about like, if... You're choosing a font for, you know, a flower shop. You don't want a font that looks like a garden. You want a font that looks like it's somebody who works in the, with the dirt, you know? So you don't want to be too literal. You don't want like cartoony fonts. Cutesy, um, yeah. You no, know, you don't want to go cutesy or, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, that kind of stuff. Fonts can be more understated and more powerful that way. I think they don't have to be like in your face. I do think a custom font for the logo can be really powerful, but for like your everyday fonts for like your website and your menus and stuff, um, readability is the biggest thing. You just want to make it easy to read. I know I see script fonts sometimes used a lot and they can be really hard to read, especially when they're small on a menu, like, that's not doing anybody any favors. So 
always keep readability in mind. Now, do your clients see the need or the effectiveness of using their logo on every single thing that leaves the restaurant as a lasting reminder? We're talking about takeout containers, coffee cups, you know, whatever it is. It's like if something leaves that restaurant, it's a lasting impression and you want them to remember you. I mean, I always thought that was really money well spent. It should come out of a marketing budget. You know, so many pizza restaurants perhaps just get the generic pizza box from the supplier and this big fat Italian chef going, "Mm," you know, (laughs) pizza. And it's got the picture of the pizza on the front. No, it's like you started your business for a reason. And there's a story behind what you're doing. And that's part of branding. It's like, tell, tell your client, your guests, what the story is, because the romance of your business will capture their imagination. I mean, we always ran our business that way, and we wanted to spread that story everywhere. And you may think it's interesting, and you know that your customers will, and that's something else that sets you apart from the competition. I mean, is that a recommendation that you have to make very often, or does that even come up? It does come up. Um I will say, depending on, you know, their specific budget will determine whether they can do like fully custom packaging or need to do, you know, more budget friendly options like stickers that they can put on things or, you know, coffee sleeves or something rather than an actual cup that is custom. But there is always an option or some way to do to add your little branding touch to everything. So, yeah, I always recommend at least finding a way that works for the budget and the practicalities of the business. Absolutely. Now, where do websites come in? Because everyone's got a website and that is probably one of the most powerful tools to promote a business because mm-hmm. you know people are going to websites all the time. Hopefully you've got a menu on there. Hopefully the website Hopefully is mobile optimized. And, yeah, <laughs> up to date too. There's a showcase for the colors, the logo, the font, the image. Mm-hmm. The vibe, was, the whole right? the story. Yeah. I've always believed that a great restaurant website brings the experience to life for the guests before they walk in the door, before they even drive to the parking lot. That's your showcase. I don't know anyone who goes to a restaurant without checking out the menu on the website beforehand. So they are going to your website. Mm -hmm. Um, And if you're not utilizing that as like a platform for your brand, really, uh, you're really missing out because that is one of the first impressions you make. Yes. On somebody. Um, and like 95, 94% of a first impression is based on visuals and design and visual appeal. So like before they read any words, before they know your story or see what your menu offers, that that first, you know, visual wow is where you have the chance to make that impression. So like, yes, absolutely take advantage of that. Pay attention to your website for sure. Does it begin there for you sometimes? Okay, a client contacts you and you do a little research in advance before perhaps your first meeting and you obviously go to their website and you say, yes, okay, that is my first impression. I'm putting myself in your customer or your guest's head right now. And I'm going to tell you what I think when I first go to your website. And then, okay. I'm usually a little more tactful than that. Like I know, I'm being, really, I'm being really like direct, yeah. you know. I'm passionate about this stuff. And it's like, this is what I think about when I'm thinking of a new restaurant to go out to dinner and I go to their website. It's like being in the business one, you're sort of critiquing what you think you see and what you Mm -hmm. think the experience is going to be like before you get there. Mm -hmm. And, you know, people are, a decision is made or some is made or broken by maybe that first impression of going to the website. So I'm not saying that you actually execute the website for people, but I'm sure you help them. Oh, you do that as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's awesome. (laughs) Because I know you're, you're this amazing designer with food and beverage businesses. And I I didn't know that you were also 
Yeah, I'm one of those unicorns that can both design and code. So, yeah. Oh, wow. That is a unique skill set. (laughs) Well, well, pay attention, audience. Chances are you can get a better website by (laughs) contacting Amanda. That's great. There are so many website builders that are user-friendly for people that aren't designers or coders these days. Like, I really don't think there's a good excuse to not have a good website these days. No Um, question. There's drag and drop builders, you know, plug and play, like they're so easy. I ask clients, my clients, my very first question to them is what business are you in and what are you selling? And that sounds like a trick question. And of course, the answer that you would expect and our audience probably is expecting here is, yeah, I'm a restaurant owner, a manager, and I sell food and drink. And I stop them right there and I say, wait a minute, you know, when I ran restaurants, I was not in the business of running a restaurant. I was in the business of running a business. Those are two different things. And I didn't sell food and drink. I sold entertainment, consistency, and a whole lot of good times. And that was a paradigm shift for them. So mm-hmm. paradigm shifts, right? We want to build a brand. We don't want to run a restaurant. That is like so foundational. That is so intuitive. That is so creative. That is so, that's how you can release the passion you have for your business. And that that creates a lasting legacy. It gives you something to pass on if you feel like keeping this business in the family and just Wow, you know, and and obviously, if you do this well, you can make your customers your best marketers for your business. They become yeah. brand ambassadors for your business. If you can translate the passion of what you're doing and what you're selling and and the experiences you're delivering onto a huge guest base, then they're going to be your best marketers, and that's going to save you a lot of money. And you are at the core of all of that, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So that's so- exciting. Yeah, it is exciting. I love helping people do that. Um, but yeah, I don't I don't really have anything to add to what you just said. That was okay. awesome. <laughs> let's let's talk about the importance of of professional photography, professional ah. video if you go down that road. Because everyone's got a smartphone in their pocket and yeah, you're gonna snap a picture of the food and you're gonna put it on social media or you're gonna use that and put it in a menu, but the quality is super important. The food either looks amazing or it looks average. Looks and, brown and kind of right. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah. you took you. I'm I'm sure you would recommend professional photography. Yes, it's worth it. Uh, absolutely. If if it's in the budget, yes. I mean, mm-hmm. find the budget if not, because it's very important. I believe. Um, I I do think smartphones have come a long way. You can get decent photos from a smartphone, but you still need to pay attention to like lighting right, and the background. Right. Um, you know, not on a cluttered kitchen counter or something. You want to like just get like a black sheet or something and use it, like drape it. So it's seamless and like put the, the plate on that. And that'll be like one step up from what you were doing before, probably. Yes. But yeah. Um, if you can absolutely do a photo shoot, um, there are photographers that specialize in food photography and restaurant photography and interiors. Um, there are videographers that can do B roll of just like, you know, the nighttime vibe of your restaurant or, you know, the crowd or time lapse to see like people going in and out, you know, like like whatever it is that that you need for your business. There's somebody who does it. (laughs) Right. And that goes back to the website, right? Because Mm -hmm. you don't want average photography and video on your website. It's like, again, you want to bring that vibe to life as if the guest is actually there. I'm Mm -hmm. I'm in the space. I'm, I'm looking at my computer screen or my phone, but I actually feel like I'm there. I love that. That's that's yeah. fantastic. And, and restaurants are one area too. Like there is good stock photography of like food and drink and beverage and stuff like mm-hmm. that. But 
restaurants specifically, I don't think that's really a good fit because as soon as they visit your place, they're going to say, oh, this doesn't look like know. that yeah, photo that was on the right. website. That's clearly a stock artificial. photo. So. Yeah. I'm glad you're you're recommending to, to avoid that. I mean, you definitely want to take your signature dishes, whatever your specialties are, whatever you're known for, whatever your customer, your guest favorites are. We used to mm-hmm. always obviously take photos, professional photos of all those things. And if something doesn't ever come off the menu, if it's just like a staple, then this photography can live on and you can use mm-hmm. it in a million different ways into the future. You know, you pay for it now and you've got the rights to use it into the future for anything, you know, website, table tents, menus, promotional yeah. materials. There's so many places you can use it. Yeah. Promotional flyers and posters and all this kind of stuff. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's money well spent. I think let's talk about, um, how you work with a new client. I mean, what questions or how should a client prepare to, to give you the best information so that you can help them to your best ability? I mean, what questions should a client be asking? What do you need to know in advance? Like, let's, let's talk about that. Okay. Um, well, I, I think they need to assess, I guess where it depends on whether they're a new business or an existing business. Well, for the sake of this, we'll say they're an existing business. If they can, you know, have a sit down and think before we do our discovery call, like what isn't working? Like, why do you feel the need for a rebrand? Because that's going to be what one of the questions I ask is like, why why do you feel this isn't working right now? Um, and usually that is very telling. We usually dive deep into that and it uncovers kind of like, oh, well, you know, we've pivoted because of the pandemic and this no longer works or, you know, we changed owners or changed chefs or, you know, something happened, the menu changed or it can be any number of things, but usually we get to like the root of what isn't fitting anymore and, and why. And then like, okay. And the next question would be, okay, what you want your business to be like, where do you want to take it? And we kind of start from there. Um, and if that, and if we do work together, we dive into the, the brand exploration, which is all that core brand stuff I talked about earlier. Yeah. Um, that's really always the first step after I sign a client is to do that. And um, with that, I send them a big questionnaire ahead of time. So they have time to think about it because I like thoughtful answers rather than just off the cuff, short answers. Yes. But as then, much then, detail as possible, right? Yes. But then we do get on a call and go through it all together and kind of, I dive deeper, clarify parts as needed. Um, so I get a really good picture of this business. Um, and from there we dive into design. Like once we've got that, that core brand sorted out, um, we dive into design and that starts with the logo design and the color palettes and the fonts. And then depending on, you know, what else they need that could go into menu design or social media templates or website design, whatever. Is the brand audit something really, really specific, or is it part of what you talked about a moment ago with the questionnaire? Because when I go to your website, I see that you offer a brand audit, which obviously (laughs) is a deep dive into what you see and you start to formulate your ideas and then you provide recommendations, I believe, to your client and that sort of thing. Yeah. So that's for people who really aren't sure where their brand stands. They're like, maybe, maybe it needs some work. Maybe it's okay. They're just not really, they just kind of want an assessment of where it is. They're maybe not quite ready for the design phase, but this will give them an idea of if it's needed or what the priorities are. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's really kind of its own thing. Um, If they want to, after that, work with me to enact the recommendations that I have, um, that's absolutely a possibility too, but um, it's its own thing on its own. It doesn't have to lead into design. Okay. Very good. And you also offer um, sort of a complimentary quote on 
different budgets and based on what you see? Yeah, 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 absolutely. I offer free discovery calls where we kind of talk about your business, what you might need. Um, And then based on that, you know, I put together a quote depending on, you know, what what I think your business needs, what you thought it needs, and provide some options there just to, to see what works. What's your best advice for operators as they sort of move out of the pandemic now and, and try to reposition themselves for the future? I mean, every situation, of course, is different, but you know, we're all in the same situations. Hundred uh, hundred thousand plus restaurants have closed their doors. I mean, yeah. this was devastating to our industry, but now there's a lot of vibrancy, as I mentioned earlier in the podcast, and th- everything is just coming back. It's like springtime, and all the flowers are blooming, and the opportunity is there. What would you recommend? for a transformation of a business or how to move forward to set yourself apart from the competition? What's your best advice? Gosh. Um, yeah, I guess if you're not already show up consistently and cohesively, (laughs) I mean, that is still my best advice. Um, yeah, I, I think at this point, social media is a big game. Um, so if you're not already there, that um that's a whole world unto itself and i know (laughs) you know i mentioned earlier in the podcast that you know not a lot of operators are really strong marketers unless they studied it in college it's like they're operators right they're not human relations experts and they're not necessarily chefs some are obviously chef owned restaurants are but it's Mm -hmm. like we can't be experts at every aspect of our business but i believe and i've seen in my own experiences that you know i'm an old school guy and i'm not this huge digital guy in the future, but I always had a a handful of people on my staff that were really into social media. They knew the ins, the outs, they were on multiple platforms. They were creative people. Some of them even took the initiative to be, you know, posting on a regular basis. And I empowered them to do this. So I wouldn't, you know, my advice to operators would be, don't be intimidated by social media. Chances are you've got a person that's really into it. Sit Mm -hmm. down with that person, give them an opportunity to have the responsibility of representing your business. And as long as you believe in their judgment and you think they have good taste and that they understand your brand for it, of course that goes (laughs) with it. But I mean, the resources are there, you know, you don't have to look much farther than your own operation to be able to do this, but it's like, that's where it's all, it's all about social media building and following. You know, building people, a database. Like, the word of mouth with that is great. Yeah. Like if people come to your restaurant and, you know, they want to do a selfie or shoot a, a picture of their, their beautiful dessert or their beautiful Thank food you. or their drink or whatever and post it. And then yes. if you have an account, they can tag you and then other people can find you. Like, yeah. it's amazing. <laughs> like, Yes. Thank you that. for touching on yeah. the, vi- the virility, the, vi- you know, things going viral, all that sort of thing. And that is, that is a great point because you want, everything about your presentation to have what I call wow factor, you know, Mm -hmm. as if you were, you were plating this dish because a professional photographer is coming in to take that photo. You want every dish that you serve a customer to have that consistency, because just know that those camera phones are coming out all the time. People are having memorable special occasions. They're taking Mm -hmm. selfies. Like you mentioned, the food, the drink, the ambiance, your place is all in there. And it's going to show up on social media. So you got to make sure that everything looks amazing, right? That's consistency as well. Yeah. And there's even some, like I'm down in Austin and there's several restaurants in our area that have like, you know, they've painted a little mural on a section of a wall specifically for like photo ops for Instagrammers, like, you know, like, so they can like take their photo, you know? um, Excellent. That's something to consider if there's, there's room or 
possibility for yes. that in your business too. So yeah, make it fun. And and you know, mm-hmm. kids are a big part of our restaurant business as well. And you know, I learned a long time ago that kids often determine where the family goes out to eat. Oh, they want to absolutely. go to the fun place. And if you create these opportunities to entertain the kids, that's going to build your business also. So yeah dioramas if it fits your concept with you know uh, this may sound hokey but my re- my flagship restaurant was at a ski resort and mm-hmm. we had one of those carnival cutout things that we had a carpenter make oh yeah 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 it was in the shape <laughs> where of you a stick mountain. your head through Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, You'd have yeah. the whole cutouts and stuff. Just and love that. Yeah. There was a skier going down this really steep mountain, like going off a rock cliff. And then there was a mountain climber climbing up the other side with the whole cutouts and the kids, they would mm-hmm. do this. Even the adults got into it, you know, and that showed up on social media. So yeah, great opportunity. Exactly. Yeah. You know, you never know what's going to catch the public's imagination and how that's going to help build your business and build your mm-hmm. brand. So I'm glad you brought that up. We've covered a lot of ground today, Amanda. Is there anything that we've missed? Anything you want to talk about in terms of branding or strategic, um, you know, a direction that businesses might want to take? Anything that we may have missed or you'd like to touch on in more detail? I I think just, yeah, just reiterating that that core brand, sitting down and figuring out your core brand, um, you know, the values that drive your business, the qualities you want to be known for, the personality you want your business to give off why you're here, why you're different. Well, that's wonderful. Well, I really appreciate you being a guest and you're also um, our latest guest instructor to the Restaurant Rockstars Academy. So I'm really proud and pleased to have you on board and you're creating a series of videos for our Restaurant Rockstars Academy all about brand building. And this is all obviously information that, uh, that will help restaurants build their brands, build their strategies, get that Mm -hmm. consistent cohesiveness going. So thank you for that as well. And I look forward to posting all those as soon as they're all complete. Yeah. We did that first one. I'm just working on the rest of them now. It was very informative and very well done. So um, for customer, our existing clients that, that that have Academy um, memberships, it's going to be there very shortly. And for those of you thinking getting the Academy, just know that Amanda is creating a series of videos on, on brand building and strategy that'll help you rock your business. So thanks so much. Amanda, it's been my pleasure hosting you. And that was the Restaurant Rockstars podcast. We'll see you all in the next episode. Stay tuned. Wow, Amanda, thank you so much. You provided us today with all the foundational elements to build a strong brand in our restaurant, something that is vitally important as much as the quality of the food and the service we provide our guests and the comfortable ambiance. It's all about that all-important marketing piece. And again, I recommend you're building a business, you're building a brand, and that is a competitive advantage. Today's episode brought me back to business school where I learned the foundations of marketing. And then I went on to work for a top advertising agency in Los Angeles, and I applied these, these techniques and these lessons relentlessly to my business, and it dominated the competition. So here's an episode that'll help you lay the foundation for strong branding in your restaurant you know that's a system marketing is all about a system and once again it's not about spending all this money on non-trackable advertising such as radio and print and TV it's about strategically putting I elements in place in your business that will attract your customers attention will bring them back in again and again and lead to positive online reviews well 
If you're not great at this yourself, it's all available at the Restaurant Rockstars Academy. We have a complete marketing section that delivers powerful return on investment for very little money spent. Lots of proven ideas that I put in place in my properties for over two decades. So check out the Restaurant Rockstars Academy at restaurantrockstars.com. Thanks again to our sponsors of this week's episode, Seven Shifts, the all-in-one labor management platform, and Cisco. Thanks so much to our sponsors, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Restaurant Rockstars podcast. For lots of great resources, head over to restaurantrockstars.com. See you next time.